Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thanks again for joining with me on the Word Podcast. We continue in John chapter 9. And we're in the midst of an account. As you notice, a lot of these accounts are rather long, so they take several episodes. And so uh, if you remember, Jesus had just healed a man that had been blind from birth. Uh, Jesus had spit in the ground, in the clay or whatever, and rubbed his eyes and then told him to go and wash off in the pool of Siloam. And the man did it. So he comes back and his neighbors and those that knew him said, hey, is this him? Is this, is this the guy? And he says, yeah, it's me. It's me. And they said, well, what happened? How'd your eyes open? And he said, this man named Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and told me to go wash in Siloam. I did, then I could see. So then they asked, where's Jesus? And he says, I don't know. So let's pick it up, verse 13. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. And so they, whether it's his friends or the, the Jewish people or somebody, brought him to the Pharisees. <clears throat> now, why would they bring him to the Pharisees? Uh, well, there's several reasons. Even within the law, if someone was infirmed, uh, unclean, particularly with skin conditions and things like that, there were certain things that they told them to do. Then they would take them before the priest, and the priest would declare them to be healed, okay? Declare them to be okay. So there might have been that element that was going on right here. The next verse might give us a little insight into um, what the motivation might have been by some of them, but I don't think it was by all of them because the next verse says this. Now, it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. And I think John is just letting us know, you know, this occurred on the Sabbath. Well, that's going to help explain what happens. And we've already seen this in the life of Jesus when he would heal on the Sabbath. The religionists would go absolutely crazy. So here's verse 15. So the Pharisees asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, he put mud on my eyes and I washed and I see. <laughs> well, you got to love the simplicity of it, right? This is what happened. Verse 16, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. So there was a division among the Jewish leadership, among the Pharisees. They're named the Pharisees right here. And the division came about because immediately one part of them said, well, he can't be from God because he doesn't keep the Sabbath. And it's not that Jesus didn't keep the Sabbath. I believe we've talked about that before. He did keep the Sabbath. He just didn't keep the rules and regulations that man had superimposed upon the Sabbath. Okay, That's usually what happens right now. Uh, you won't believe how many times people will sit there and they will not uh, bring up the Word of God in talking about something. But they'll say something along the line, well, our denominational thing says this or that. And, of course, each denomination has got little uh, uh, guidelines and rules and regulations and all that stuff. And they won't talk about the Word of God, but they'll talk about, well, this is what we do. It's the same mindset. It's just a religionist mindset. And, but there were some among the Pharisees that were sitting there going, how can this be? How can this man be a sinner when he's showing such signs? And so they considered this to be a sign. Verse 17, so they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him since he has opened your eyes? Well, that's interesting. 
uh, here he is. He's blind. They would not have had anything to do with him. They might have thrown him a quarter his way when they're going out, but he was not allowed in the temple area because of his infirmity. Now he's completely, totally healed. And now they're wanting his input on who this guy is and how this happened. You know, I don't know exactly what they were doing here. I, the whole thing all the way around is they're trying to set Jesus up. And I believe they're trying to do the same thing with the man right here. So what do you say about him, the one who's opened your eyes? He just comes back instantly. He is a prophet. Now, that's interesting in itself, isn't it? He is a prophet. What does a prophet do? A prophet prophesies. A prophet speaks forth the truth. Jesus had healed him. He didn't really say anything to him. He hadn't prophesied anything over him. But this man took him to be a prophet because the prophets had done signs and wonders. Okay? And so for this man to equate Jesus with one of the prophets from the Old Testament, this was not going well for the Pharisees. Verse 18, the Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight. And so here the man is testifying, well, you know, I've been blind. His friends say I'm blind. And they're going, we don't believe it. We don't believe it. This just sort of messes up everything we're trying to do right here. And so they call the parents in, and they look at the parents, verse 19, and they ask them, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? See, even the way that the original question, the first question is structured, is this your son who you say was born blind? In other words, we don't believe this, and we're not sure about this. And these parents would have been shaken in their boots. They would have been very scared, and you'll see why in just a minute. Okay, So they put the question to him in that way, and then they want to know, how does he now see? Well, the parents answer, verse 20, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind. Okay, they're acknowledging what they know. We know this is our son, okay? This is him. We know he was born blind, verse 21. But how he now sees, we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He's of age. He will speak for himself. And so they really didn't know. They couldn't answer the questions. It's not that they were fearful of it. They just didn't know what had happened. But then verse 22 gives us a little more insight. They were fearful over something. And uh, I'm reading from the ESV today, and this actually, the ESV puts this in parenthesis. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. That means that they, that person would be excommunicated. That person would be cut off from Judaism. That person would be cut off from their social life, their family life, their business life. They would literally be treated as if they never existed, as if they had died. And you can imagine that, that that, that was a fearful thing. The word had already gone out. If anybody confesses that Jesus is the Christ... This is what's going to happen. And see, this started before Jesus died and was resurrected. There were already people that believed, and we saw that over in chapter 8 previously. There were people that believed the word of Jesus. And when they started speaking of that belief, this is what the Jewish leadership was doing. So this word has already gotten around. So the parents said, we don't know how this happened. They don't know how it happened. They likely knew what the son said. They likely believed what the son said, but they simply didn't know. Now, verse 23, therefore his parents said, he is of age, ask him. And so, verse 24, for the second time, 
they called the man who had been blind and said to him, <coughs> give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. Do you see how the religionist does things? Okay. Nothing's changed, folks. They do it the same way. Uh, I can sit here and give you example after example of just things that, I mean, things I've experienced myself in the last two weeks, things that I see online that denominationals or the uh, denominations are experiencing. It's the same mindset. So here they come along, and they tell him, give glory to God. We know this man is a sinner. So they have just declared that Jesus is a sinner. They just did it that way. We're going to handle it this way. We're going to declare him to be a sinner, and we want you to give glory to God. And if you don't agree that this man is a sinner, you're not giving glory to God. And he knew that all in likelihood that he would be kicked out of the synagogue. Well, listen to what this guy did. Last verse right here, verse 25. He answered, whether he's a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. It's that not great. That is great. You know, a lot of times we look at these folks when they're infirmed and they're lame or they're blind, and we think they are inferior of mind, and they are not. Boy, this guy definitely was not. He says, you know what? Whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. Really, God's the only one who knows this. But one thing I do know, this is the thing I know. I was blind, and now I see. See, that is a powerful testimony. That is the testimony that we need to give the world. So often we get caught up in thinking we have to do this and that to present the gospel. If you're truly saved, the most powerful thing that you can tell anybody is what the Lord has done for you. Once before, I was a sinner, but now I've been redeemed. That will transform lives. Woo, I tell you, my time is up. We'll resume this the next time, okay? Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you then.